for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well. I know we cut off quick yesterday, but we're moving forward. We're honored you tune us in as we continue to teach in hard times and what we learn from hard times in the Bible and how you can put these to work in your life. And uh, here we go. We'll be right back with you. Hey, I forgot to introduce you. This is, you know, this is Solomon, man. He, he got saved. He was the first guy that was hooked to me. And, uh, you know, this is, this is another Paul, you know, he didn't have a name, but, and uh, let me introduce you, and we're fellow partakers, for God is my record how greatly, in verse number eight, I long after you all in the bowels of Christ, here I am, I'm, I'm in the bottom of the place, I'm where everything bad goes, it, it's, it's terrible to be down here, uh, but for God's my record, I long after you guys. I'm not sitting here complaining and saying, man, my fate is terrible. What I'm doing here is terrible. This isn't where I want to be. No, I'm longing for you guys. I want to be with you. I remember when I planted that church in Philippi. I remember when I was with you guys. I re- you always remember your first convert when you're in the ministry. I still remember my first convert when we were in the ministry in New York. And it was a young man. He had, he had come over our house and he had spaghetti and stuff like that. And and, and, and I mean, he still had sauce on his face when he accepted Jesus Christ. I still remember that. I long to see him again. I talk to him once in a while, but I, I long for the time I can see him again. Even in bad days, I want to be with him, that ye may prove things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere without offense until the day of crisis. There's an idea in there about being gentle, being kind without offense. You know, we got to stand up for what's right in God, but we don't have to be terrible about it we got to be different because God has saved us, but we don't need to be miserable about it. Uh, we, we live a different life. We choose our churches. We choose our friends. We choose everything not based on what's good for us. We do it based on what's good for God. We do it on what's good for our families with God. What's, what's going to connect everything? What's going to make everything closer? And we do it without offense. We're not mad at anybody. We had a guy down the road from us in town. He'd go around and talk about our church. And I told pastor, I said, hey, this knucklehead down the road's talking about our church. He said, I know. Praise God. And, uh, and, and folks, he would say he was the only holy church. <clears throat> I love this. In 10, I'm going to say it again, that ye may approve things which are excellent. Things that are excellent come from God. God's in things that are called excellent that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Is your life, is your church, is your ministry? I know the answer church-wise. Are you, <clears throat> are you bringing glory to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through your actions? Are you out on visitation? Are you, and, and I know I'm preaching to the Sunday morning choir, and that's all right. The Sunday morning choir needs to be preached to, too. I, I actually was in a choir one time. I couldn't figure out why they didn't give me a microphone in that church we planted in New York. They had me, had me in that far back corner over there. Everybody else had a microphone. You know, they had microphones coming down. They had me in the far back corner. They go, Doug, we love your bass voice. Just sing a little bit low, low, a little lower than that. So I'm back there going. 
I looked good in the choir. There's a couple pictures of me back there. Uh, <clears throat> verse number 12. Isn't it a wonderful thing? But I would, let's look at 12 through 14 real quick. But I would, ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxen confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He's talking about my bad circumstances, the terrible things that happen in my life are getting people closer to God. You know, folks, if we could say that about anything that's happened in our life, we're succeeding. If there's things happening in our life that aren't great and people are helped because of that, it's all worthwhile. We tell people with PTSD all the time, if God can use that terrible trauma, if God can use that terrible thing you've been through, if God can take the terrible of terribles and allow you for his glory to share it with people and people get saved and people get right with God, it's been worth it all. It's worth every, every moment of it. Paul's saying it's worth every moment of this. There's people in the palace that are getting saved. There's people outside the doors of the palace hearing about what we're doing, and they're getting saved, and, and they're getting right. And there's preachers that are more bold today because I'm down here, and I'm still preaching the gospel. Amen. And I'm going to preach the gospel until it's all over, until it's all done, until it's all said. It wasn't that long ago. We were in Oxford, and, you know, Oxford University is a ton of colleges there in England. And there's five or six pretty main ones. And, and, and from that, years ago, Bloody Mary, the queen, had taken an order of the murder of, uh, what is a guy named Ridley and another guy, three people, they said, say that Jesus Christ isn't the only way to get to heaven and you get to live, you get to go and go back to your church or we're going to kill you. You know what two of them said? Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He alone saves. He alone can uh, bring us to heaven. And, and they lived the life of Paul. They were killed. They were burned at the stake. There were three of them, you know, two of them are looking out the window and they're watching the first guy get burned at the stake and one guy gave in. You imagine what heaven, uh, how hard it must have been for him to go to heaven, that one guy who gave in. That other guy is like, whoa, I'm going to get burned. But God's worth it. Because of this set of circumstances, things are going to get better. Look at 15, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. And then it says, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing, and I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether it be in pretense or truth, Christ is preached, and I therefore do rejoice, yea, and I rejoice. That's the difference between ambition and self-ambition. These preachers out there, it's, it's, there's people out there that do things for their own good. But you know what Paul's saying? They're out there right now where he's at. He says they're out here right now outside this castle, outside this jail, and some people are messing it up, but at least they're preaching Christ. I think it's much more important that we preach Christ right. I think all that's much more important. But again, Paul's looking for good out of the whole situation. He says, you know what? I'm not going to fight with this guy down the street. I'm not going to live with this guy down the street. I'm not, that's not going to be who I am. 
I'm not going to do those things. At least Christ is being preached. There's something good coming out of that. There's something good coming out of that. And it says, for I know, in verse number 19, <clears throat> that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer in the supply of the Spirit of Christ. It's a wonderful thing when people pray for you. It's a wonderful thing to know that people are out there praying for you, that people are out there making a difference for you, they're interceding for you, uh, that those different things are going. It's a wonderful thing. I always take a, a list of my supporting churches with me when I, when I go to a country. We've been to three this year. We keep some undercover. You guys helped us get to one. We're going to one again here pretty soon. <clears throat> In January, I'm going Tuesday. I'm going to Australia. <clears throat> we always take a list of my supporting churches, and I ask some men to stick around, and we get on our knees at the pulpit and beg God to, and, and just say, God, thank these people for what they've done. We had one guy who filmed us. Uh, we, were, we were in a country, and we were, we were begging. We preached this PTSD thing. There was 110 people that came in attendance, and 91 got saved. And to hear these men cry and these women cry as we're praying for these churches, and, and to hear the accent in their voices, oh, God. Help moaning Sai Baptist Church, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and speaking foreign tongue and just crying out. Someone recorded it and put it on Facebook. I got it taken down. I didn't want people to know who my supporting church. Missionaries are bad. They'll, they'll call the church. Hey, Doug told me to give you a call. I, <laughs> I'm going to be in town. And uh, yeah, some people, they're, they're real knuckleheads that way. <clears throat> but what a beautiful thing it is. We, we actually pray, played it at our church. We were praying for our church. And, such a sweet thing to hear people say, man, you're praying for me. You're making a difference. And through your prayer, one way or another, I'm going to be all right here. He's hey, folks, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us, if you would, please. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. everybody that your family knows that they're better off because mom's there that the family knows that they're better off because of the dad they have that the family knows that they're better off because of the kids that they have I think that's what it's talking about there and it says oh and it says down here it says in 26 that your rejoicing may be more abundant and I know I said that just get that folks underline that circle that write it it could be more fruitful it can be more full you can live a life that's a godly life uh, it, more people abundancy brings in other people abundancy so shows others maybe uh, by my coming uh, to you again only let your conversation now this is a tough one this is hard for us isn't it but it says only let your conversation be as it, it becometh the gospel of Christ that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You know what he's telling the church there? He's like, hey, I planted the church. I don't know everybody. You guys are out there growing. This thing's happened. Philippi became a pretty big church. If you go on through Baptist history and, and you read some of those books, Philippi planted church after church. Philippi sent preachers out all over the place. 
And he's saying, live that way, speak that way, exude those kind of things. You know, have any of you ever been to church where, you know, you go to a church and the pastor's just filled with pain and he's fervent in pain instead of the power of Christ? Has anybody ever been to a church like that? I was in one, man. It's hard. I was in a great church up in Virginia. Then the pastors changed, and luckily I lived in South Carolina. But the guy who took his place was fervent in pain. We didn't get to like anybody in town. We didn't get to. Because he was fervent in pain. He, he, he just exuded pain and exuded hatred, not even trying. I don't think he tried to do that. I think he was just so uncomfortable with his life and and. and you know, he had so many issues with his own integrity, and he had so many issues with the way he felt about himself and, and things of that nature. You're always worried. <clears throat> and folks, when it becomes about you in the ministry, when it becomes about you in service to God, when it becomes about you and your families, when it becomes about you with yourself, we've got a problem. Because then we start talking stupid. Then we start living stupid. And then we start hurting people. And before you know it, <clears throat> groups get blown up. And I ran a great organization, Armed Forces Baptist Missions. And, and I mean, God did a work for us. We, we were up to 53 families that running maybe nine or 10. I love them all. And I tell them, hang in there. I love you. I had a guy drove to see me 300 miles the other day. He said, what do I do? He said, you just keep serving God. Just serve God. It doesn't matter. Our conversation, our lives have got to be that that bring honor to our God. I am not going to be fervent in pain. I'm not bringing out things I went through. I'm not bringing out how I was hurt. You know what I brought out? How great God has been to me. I said, you know what, dear brother, I can't tell you how good God's been to me. He says, I need that. I said, just grab it. It's right there. Just grab it. He was sitting there in my house, and he was crying, one of my old missionaries, and he said, I believe God would have me pastor. I said, you're not going to believe it. I just got a call. I picked up the phone. I said, hey, this is a brother. He wants to be a pastor. He's one of the best guys I ever managed. I recruited him as a missionary, told him where he went to college, told him what his name is, told him how great his family was, handed him the phone. He's there this weekend. He's at that church. Folks, that's the kind of life we got to live. we got to be fervent with God boiling over in our lives. And, and in the morning, terrified by your adversaries, it's, it's talking about do you wake up and are you afraid, which is to them evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation, that of God. And, it, you know, we're not terrified. We don't live a life where we, where we run around and we're scared all the time. We, we don't live that life at all. We live a life where it's about God. It's about salvation. You know, perdition, living in perdition, the idea behind that, doom. Man, it's all coming to, you ever meet anyone like that? Like Eeyore? Something bad's coming out of this. He was the most messed up guy you ever met your entire life. I don't even know why I'm his friend. I just love him, and I, I, it bubbles over. But every time I had a golden retriever back in the day, this guy came over, and, and he hung out with the golden retriever for an hour or two. That golden retriever wanted to run in front of a car. That was the kind of life he lived. And, 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 and honestly, about four or five years ago, he came to me, and he's like, Brother Doug, what do I got to do to get out of this get right with God? Let's look at what you're doing for God. And he went to this church, and I listened to one sermon and considered suicide. 
I'm like, brother, I got it. I figured it out. This doesn't take... We don't have to be a brain at this. I mean, I'm considering suicide. I got 30 minutes in and had to stop out of 47. I said, that's it. I can't listen to this guy anymore. I said, he's messing with my morale. But you know what? He was messing with my God. So I hooked him up with a church down the road and and, uh, and man, he's, he's just bubbling over. He, he, he can't believe that it's all right to love people. He can't believe that it's all right to serve God. He can't believe his pastor sitting down with him. He takes all the preacher boys and takes them down the hallway uh, every couple weeks. And, and he hangs out with them and serves them Big Macs. They have a Big Mac get-together. Folks, I, when I get a Sunday off and I know it's a preacher boy day, I'm going, man. Uh, they bring in a bag of Big Macs. They eat Big Macs and talk about how God's helping the men in the church and what God can do. Man, that's a, that's a group right there. For unto you it tells us, don't be terrified. You serve a great God. He saved you. Your fate is sealed. And it's a great fate. And, and look what it says here. And it says, for unto you it is given in, on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Can I tell you something, folks? It's a privilege to suffer for God. It's a privilege to serve God. It's a privilege, no matter what God throws at us, to go through it. I think sometimes when we... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a guy who thinks we sin the other day, threw a can out the car window so someone in our family is getting sick. We don't serve a God like that, all right? But I think sometimes my trials get longer because I'm not handling them that, the way I should. Sometimes they get longer because God wants them to get longer so I can help more people. But sometimes I think I'm not handling things quite the way I should. Sometimes I, I, I just want to do things right. And I think that's what that's talking. It's a privilege to serve God. It's a privilege to suffer for God. And then it says in verse 30, and we're all done, it says, having the same conflicts which you saw in me and now here to be in me. We're all going through this. We're all in this together. But we serve this great God. And if we're in... Hey, folks, I hope this has been a blessing to you. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You don't want to miss this. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation, or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.